Hello, everyone. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the Internet, featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. Uh, my The August interview was with, um, uh, oh my God, a, a fabulous British uh, spiritual writer, uh, a fan of, um, I just can't remember anybody's name, so we're just going to move on. But my, next month, we're doing Tanareev Du. Oh, Kate Chigetti, Catherine Chigetti. That's who it was, of course, Catherine Chigetti. That was last month. Coming up, Tanareev Du. Horror, science fiction, speculative, Afrofuturism. Fascinating woman. What a great story for her first novel. Holy smokes, she tells that. So that's something you look forward to next month. You can learn about it all on uh, uh, authormagazine.org and we're funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association. They have been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. Uh, you know, they've got a great conference coming up. We just did a little mini one. That was a lot of fun, but we're going to be doing another one in September and I'll be teaching some stuff there. As well, there's a lot of other people. It'll be people you can pitch your books at. Agents and editors will be there. It's going to be all virtual. Thank God. Turns out that was the right thing to do, given how things are going right now. And, uh, yeah. So if you're interested, if you are someone who wants to learn about writing, you got a book to pitch, you just want to just just get inspired and learn, well, I recommend head on over to pnwa.org and well, join for sure and also, you know, sign up for the con- uh, conference. It's a good one. And speaking of teaching, uh oh, I should put it up uh, in a couple of weeks I'm going to start a three-part series called uh You Are the Author of Your Life with um, transcending cancer. That's going to be a three, three part, three week series uh, done virtually and uh, both live and also on demand about how to use writing to create your own life, to heal, to just live on purpose. Now writing is a fantastic practice for that. This is what I preach. And now we're going to do a little teaching on that. So you are welcome to come check that out and go to my uh, homepage on my website, link to that. I also have a two part thing I'm doing with Writer's Digest, Fearless Writing and Fearless Marketing. That'll be in September. You can sign up for one or both. And, uh, well, you know, this is what I do. I just love it. So if you want to check it out, it's all on my webpage at williamcanower.com. You can check that out. Okay. Listen. Leanda Lynn Howe. What an interesting person. Leanda is an award-winning author, naturalist, and eco philosopher and speaker who's writing wait a minute i mispronounced her name it's lyanda god nag it lyanda lyanda people not lyanda lyanda she's an award-winning author naturalist eco-philosopher and speaker whose writing is at the forefront of the movement to connect people with nature in everyday lives her newest book is rooted it's a good one people life at the crossroads of science nature and spirit uh lyanda's previous Books include Mozart's Starling, winner of the Washington State Book Award, the Urban Bestiary and Counting the Everyday Wild, finalist for the Orion Book Award, Crow Planet, Essential Wisdom from the Urban Wilderness, winner of the 2010 
Sigurd F. Olson Nature Writing Award, a Pilgrim on the Great Bird Continent, The Importance of Everything and Other Lessons from Darwin's Lost Notebooks, and Rare Encounters with Ordinary Birds, winner of the 2002 Washington State Book Award. Lyanda has created and directed educational programs for Seattle Audubon, worked in raptor rehabilitation in Vermont, and been a seabird researcher for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service in the remote tropical Pacific. Her writing has appeared in a variety of publications, including Orion, Discover, Utney, L.A. Times, Image, Huffington Post, Wild Earth and Conservation, Biology, Journal, and she's with us. Leanda, welcome to the show. You see, I couldn't, I, we, tra- we talked about this before, and I, tra- I said I, she had told me how to pronounce her name, and I got it wrong anyway. But you're here. I'm here, and you're not alone. My, the pr- pronunciation of my name is, you know, an ongoing you, you know, you're, you're uh, there source currently. of fun and joy in my life. <laughs> I'm not going to give anything away. You're, you're, you're in a secret location, but your parents are with you. You should just go have a little word with them about this and say, what were you thinking? Come on. Why did you saddle me with this? Why did you do it? And maybe you I, I had do. You know, it was, my, it was my grandmother's name, and it was in the newspaper oh. in Iowa. So I don't know. I mean, you might be pronouncing it correctly. <laughs> We've been That's true. Who side, knows? Who knows? It's my well, <laughs> all right. So I, I find people like you fascinating because you have um, – I mean, you're a writer. Right. I guess in a way – I don't want to say first and foremost, but clearly you like to write, and you've written a lot. And writing is a lot of probably how you think and spend your time. But obviously you're writing about something specific um, or you're writing about nature. And clearly you also have a just a passionate interest in nature itself, which is a separate discipline. Or is it? Do you see them as separate disciplines or do you see them so intermeshed that they're not even separate at all? You know, for me, it's the latter. And it's funny, as you were speaking, I was thinking about that. I I do think of myself as a writer. If people ask me what my work is, that's what I say. But it has always been, for me, entangled with observation of the natural world and just wanting to – to make a record of what I see that has meaning, you know, that takes the right. world and doesn't, doesn't create the meaning, but the record sort of um, is, a, is a way for me to kind of offer something back, you know. I, I've had that feeling ever since I was, I was very young. I was one of those kids who yeah. always, you know, you leave them with a piece of paper and they make a book out of it, you know, fold right. it into a book, cut it into little pieces, write little words in it. Um, right. So I've always done that, but I've also always spent time outdoors and have felt really connected um, with nature and creatures and plants. And um, yeah. have, carrying a notebook has always been a part of that for me. And I, I, I have a hard time teasing them apart. Right. Well, that's, it's just fascinating. And, and you do a great job in this book of describing sort of your uh, your early relationship to nature. Um, mm-hmm. and just really how fundamental it was. And, and it was such a private experience in a lot of ways. I suppose maybe it is for everyone because it's so deeply personal because it's just you and your experience. I mean, you can share it with people, but ultimately it's going through your eyes and your ears and your fingers. Yeah. Right. And, you know, a, a lot of us who are writers, not everyone, I don't want to, to um, just carry on with, stereotypes about writers, but many of us are introverted, you know, just find a lot of recharging (laughs) through solitude.
attitude, right? So I, I was yeah. like that ever since I was a kid, carrying my notebook into um, the natural world. So I agree that we can have we can have beautiful experiences in nature of any kind when we're with other people. But there's something about solitude in nature that brings out um, contemplation, a certain kind of creativity, a certain kind of attentiveness that travels well through our minds and hearts to our hands, to our pencils and pages. Yeah. Yeah, and so, all right, so you loved to write, and obviously you, had, you felt connection to nature, and but you, you went and studied, like at school, you studied, you didn't go in and study creative writing, you studied the sciences, yeah? Did I, well, am I remembering actually, correctly? Um, although I did study sci- science in school, in um, undergraduate and graduate school, and um, my degrees are in philosophy. So uh-huh. I was really fortunate to yeah. to be working with people that saw um, the value of the philosophy of ecology. And so that's where I did my work. There's lots of um, writers since just early times. I mean, Aristotle and Plato and prior to them, there were people that were working on how we relate to animals in the natural world and um, all the way up through modern thinkers about that relationship. And so um, a lot of the science is being shaped around philosophy of ethics too. So anyway, that was a really fun place to wander. I felt like I was kind of a, a... uh, Victoria, you know how you know we have all of these segregated ways of thinking in academia, right? Like you have yeah, math, yeah, and yeah. you have science, yeah. and then you have yeah. philosophy. But um, Darwin and people in you know, Victorian thinkers had this word natural philosophy that encompassed everything. It encompassed right. science and literature and thinking. And I, I just think of myself in that um, expansive sphere. So I love that. That's good. That's good. Now, philosophy is interesting. You studied philosophy, and mm-hmm. I've always – I remember – so there is – you can read – because at some point you've got to put something into use. I and mean, it's great to read something. I, I'm a bit of a philosopher myself. I, that's kind of <laughs> what I do, actually. And, True. But it's, it's practical. Like, I've got to put it into use. I also read philosophy at college. And mm-hmm. there is the reading of philosophers, and then there's the application of it. In other words, how does this actually apply to when I get up in the morning and make a decision about myself? Did you see it as practical or just sort of an interesting intellectual exercise? Oh, I saw it as absolutely practical, and that's the only reason I was interested in it. I thought it was a question of how to live. How do we live? Yeah, Yeah, that's what I wanted to know. I actually, and, can I tell and, you, it's very disappointedly, Andy, when I took philosophy, that that's not what they were actually teaching, at least out of the classes <laughs> I took. I was like, what, but what's the answer, you people? I don't care what this guy said. Anyway, so you were looking for that, and you felt that was the right avenue for you. That was one of the Yeah, you know, I, I think that no matter what avenue we take, that's the question that we're carrying, really. Yeah. You know, and yeah. whether we're in science or mathematics, it's how do, we, how do we bring something to the world that makes sense, especially in this time? Um, and and so yeah, how, how do we live? I love that you entangle that question with writing. You know how we write and oh. how we live, and oh. how we how we um, Wait, for me absolutely. the question. Yeah, I mean for for me the question because I'm so interested in um, the natural world and our relationship to the natural world. I sort of I I provide the answers from that side, but they're not the only place that or not the answers. I, I wander through the questions more on that side. I don't think we can provide absolute answers um, about a question like how to live. But um, so that's the side that I. Yeah, well, and the nature and it, of course, writing is so internal and the natural mm-hmm. world is external. 
mm. by, by just sort of that's where it exists outside of your body. Although, although it's a funny thing, uh, Leander, because you are nature, right? I mean, you, you're not, it's not like we, I mean, I know we're people, we can do all these things to nature, but in the end of the day, we're as much nature as the whales and the dandelions because we're made of the same stuff ultimately. Yeah. We are made of the same stuff. Clay, water, blood, stardust. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, we, yes. I mean, it's not like we're like these aliens deposited on this where everything else is natural and then we're like robots. I mean, we are nature ourselves. Yeah, Although we don't that's think, right. I don't and think so, we think of ourselves that way most of the time. No, and we're, we're nature and we're animals as well. Yeah. <laughs> People always talk yeah. about non-human animals um, yeah. and or other than human animals, but I still think that sort of keeps humans as the um, – the measure of, or the the center point of measuring what an animal is or is yeah. not, and I just think we're all we're all creatures out there. Yep. We are. We are. Okay. So you so you study philosophy, and so uh, and you did you like it? Did you enjoy it? I loved it. I mean, which is why I went on and did it in graduate school. And what I loved about it, Bill, is that basically in philosophy you can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> really? I, mean, I didn't know that. You okay. can, you know, you can study philosophy of literature, philosophy of science, right. or philosophy of mathematics. Right. And I studied, studied the philosophy of ecology and, and vice versa right. in a way um, that ecology right. being a talking about the web of belonging, like you just were saying, we're part of nature. Um, yep. Ecology and philosophy go really well together, playing in those ideas, so, but without having to do as much math. <laughs> like if right. I was really an ecologist, I would have to do so much math. But as a philosopher, I can just do the non-math part. <laughs> That's just the thinking and talking part. Well, see, now this is and interesting. Writing. So you are, And writing. Well, yeah. Writing is a kind of extension of thinking and talking, at least I, it is to me, I have to say. Um yeah. Yeah. Or maybe thinking and talking is an extension of writing. I don't know. It's a chicken and egg thing. Um, it is. So you were already pointed towards that. Like, it, and you're young. I mean, still in the grand scheme of things, pretty young. But you already knew it was the natural world for me. Like, that is what I wanted. Like, you already knew that. I this was pre, pre by world. the way, I'm sorry, but pre-global warming in terms of the big issue. It wasn't like... The big issue of today, which has got so many people's attention, was not the issue when you were a young person deciding what to do. No, you're right. Habitat loss is the main question and saving right. large swaths of habitat. And had we known then, we'd know that that was t- entwined with the questions of climate crisis right. that are facing us right. now. But you're right. Yeah. So you were already pointed at that. That was already you knew. Like, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going with this. Well, I mean, I took a – I had – some other interests in high school, I was pretty sure that I would be an English major. I was obsessed with the Brontes and um, English <laughs> literature, and I kind of thought right. I was heading that way, but um, right. birds and nat- natural world kept drawing me back. And of course, you can go down the nature rabbit hole in literature as well. So sure. um, once again, I think we make, you know, philosophy, literature, I think I could have gone either way. And um, but, but yeah, I was always interested in nature, and I was always interested in writing. Those were two touchstones for my life. Yeah. yeah. And so when do you – so as you began the writing journey, because you have to decide, like, how do I write about this? Like, because there's a lot of ways mm-hmm. one can do it. You can be very academic. You can be – this piece has the, – the rooted has um, some academic aspects to it, I suppose, in that it's researched and you reference other – people's work and so on. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it academic in its at its heart. It's more personal than that. It seems that way to me anyway. Um, but there's a lot of ways a person can write, especially if you're interested in a specific subject like this. How did you choose the way you were going to 
Like, do you remember how that journey evolved, how you discovered the way you want to talk about this stuff, the way mm-hmm. you want to write um, about it? Well, one of one of them was kind of a rejection of academic writing. I was so tired of academic writing, um, ran away from academia just at the end of my master's, feeling like I just remember looking at my thesis, and it was very acceptable as a master's thesis, but when I read it through as a reader, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is alarming. I have to unlearn this kind of language yeah. use, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. verify True. language use. And so I I started to sort of unacademify my language. But also, Bill, I had been a diarist since I was very young. So I was used to writing from my own mind, my own observation, um, about, especially about the natural world. As I said, I hung out a lot. I, I spent um, a lot of my time writing my master's thesis. I was hiking around the Olympic Mountains with just a pencil and a, a little notebook in my, in my backpack writing as I, as I um, hiked writing at the, my little fire at night. And yeah. um, so I've, I've been a diarist in writing personal reflections my whole life. And so when I started wow. writing my first book, Rare Encounters, I'd written some essays, and the essay form um, really seemed to speak to me and had so yeah. much possibility. I love that essay means, you know, a try, a little try. Um, I didn't that know that. Just... I'm an essayist, and I didn't know that. See, thank <laughs> yeah, you so much. Front, the French uh, SAA to try and oh, essays a oh, little like a little it. try, and right. I love that it's just an invitation into asking these questions that you, I I feel like the way that I wrote alongside oh the, your questions are so good they're kind of I'm I'm not sure I I've thought this before uh, or put good. it into words good. but now that I think about it the way that I wandered trails with a pencil and pad since I was young. Um, and wrote some of my early pieces that way, um, make my way of thinking and writing conducive to the essay form, that kind of wandering right. through a subject where you're, yeah. you can kind of go off the trail a little bit as long as you're going to bring your reader back on and they know they can trust right. you and um, right. they'll arrive somewhere safely but have made yep. wonder, wonderful sort of off-trail forays on the way. So um, I love the essay form, and all of my books really in a way are – I would never – send them to my editor and call them a book of essays because <laughs> that would <sighs> frighten her. But <laughs> God, <laughs> so I, I call know. them chapters and try yes, to explain yes. how they have a narrative arc. But um, yes. really, I, I consider myself an essayist, and I think that that ties in really well with sort of the uh, wandering observation of nature. Yeah, well, you know, wandering observation and, and wandering – because the thing is, you're not just observing – Mm-hmm. You're then. You, I don't. I. I don't believe. I believe you're. 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 You're being inspired by observing and being. Because right. anyone. Because the thing is, you know, 100 people look at the same ocean. They're going to see a different ocean. They're all going to mm-hmm. have a different experience of the ocean. And so, it's the. It's what is what lights up in you when you look upon nature. What is it that happens within you specifically that is the. That's the fuel for your writing. And it strikes me, I love it that you wander because, you know, I write, so I write essays and uh, of course they're always based on my own experiences and so on and my mm-hmm. own elite thoughts. But the whole point of them is discovery. Like if I not discover something, I am bored. I just, you know, and I write about yep. like you, I have the same themes again and again and again and again, you know, it's creativity and spirituality. And so I'd say a lot of the same, I go down the same paths a lot and 
do you is that do you is that like a, a conscious goal of yours or does it just happen or maybe you, you don't try and discover maybe you're already you've figured it out already what, what's your relationship to that because you're writing about your own life in many ways your own beliefs your own experience right um no i think it's a continual process of discovery and that's why um I, I just think for me, yeah, it's it's never solidified. I'm always seeking further inspiration. Inspiration is the the indrawn breath, right? Yes. Um, yes. Inspire, inspiration, respiration, yes. breathing in, breathing out. So um, always just seeking to breathe in in a new way <laughs> that um, yep. something that I a, a turn of. Um, just a turn of my way of looking at something will be um, changed. And yep. I, I just think that we, we can wander the same path again and again and be surprised over and over again. And I think you know that as well as I do in terms of oh, yeah. writing about the generally the same subject matter. Our <laughs> thinking and our way of being in relationship to that evolves and evolves over time. And so yep. it's not like we're writing the same thing over and over again, even if nope. the subjects come up. They're just – changing the color of the the flowers and the way of growth and it all just always feels completely astonishingly new to me so i love that ah uh, uh, that's the best that's the best that's what you want and so all right so rooted you know i gotta say this uh this is an interesting book i i think of it as part memoir part manifesto that's what it mm-hmm. seems like to me because there's because there's you have a you know obviously you're writing about what what is going on right now in the natural world and you're right your your complaints about it, but also your solutions for it, and your just your look the way of looking at it. But there's also a lot of just your own life, um, and I gotta say the the memoir stuff is just gorgeous, Land. I really it's just Thank beautiful you. stuff. It really is, and quite moving, and just a great example of how to do it. And talk about that blending because the because the thing about the manifesto side, it's kind of actually, it's sort of similar to what I do because I write personal stuff, but then I do a lot of teaching in what I do also. Mm-hmm. And they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're always related. But like the manifesto side is like, look, people, this is what we got to do. And like, look at the world this way and how to wake up. Right. But then there's also, and that's much more like take action. But then there's the, the memoir side really is just seeing life without judgment almost because I don't know how else to do it. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? The, the two things, they're, they're, they're very – I mean, you've related them, but they are a different approach to writing, I think. Um, I'm not saying one is better than the other, but does that resonate with you? Yeah, one it does. I really tried to have – One is more inward. Right. And I, I tried to have those layers in this book. In fact um, – since you're a writer and you have writers listening, I'll talk a little bit about structure, maybe more sure, than I would sure. in a, another and kind of interview. It's interestingly structured, too. i got to say, I love, it made me want to write a book like it after I read it. It's like, ooh, I love what she did, these little mini chaptery things. Right, anyway, go on. Right. Tell I them. loved doing that. It was really yeah. – um, I, I, I wanted it – I thought, oh, I don't want it to seem like a blog book, and I hope people will see that these are small but not simple pieces. I wanted it to right. sort of unfold in layers. I think of it as kind of like a peony. Um, yeah. They really do follow one another with intention. But oh, yeah. when I first wrote this book, I had the um, image of a labyrinth in mind where you go in oh. on one path and you come out on the same yeah. path, so an inward spiral yeah. and an outward spiral. So I was really happy when you said that because I wanted to keep that sense of motion inward and yeah. outward in the book. And nice. um, so I, I wrote 
with, you know, do I do it a half of the book inward and then half outward in the labyrinth, or do I alternate chapters? And eventually that just broke down. I mean, you know how it is with writing. You yeah. have this great yeah. scheme, and it's going to work, and it's going to yeah, yeah, um, right. But it, it did provide me with a foundation of, of or a form around which to hang that sort of inward outward sense, but um, it, the labyrinth ultimately didn't work. And then in an earlier version of the book, I described that there was this labyrinth-like movement in it, and you could just feel that in the book. And then I thought, well, that's too abstract. I'm just going to just put it out there <laughs> like that, right. without right. hanging it on a symbol. That I realized, you know, at some point we realized that these schemes or symbols are, may be important for us, but our readers don't need to know them. So, yeah, um, yeah. so they kind of follow this trail of, of utility. So um, for me, they were, they were intertwined, the in, inward and the outward elements of this book. And I'm glad that you spotted them um, yeah. in the same way that an inward outward path of the labyrinth is intertwined. Right. You can't have one without the other, or you'll either right. be stuck at the outside or the inside. <laughs> right? right. But right. with both of them, you're also on a path that you cannot get lost from. Right. Right. The path, it's not a maze, it's, it's a path right. you can see and follow. I love labyrinths. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And so for me, it was really important in this time, in this moment on Earth, and I wrote this not knowing that it would be coming out during a pandemic. <laughs> right, um, yeah, yeah. It was important for me to just to, to speak up and say what I want to and not be oblique, you know, to just be very right. forthright and very honest, while at the same time, suggesting to readers that also what it is is not hitting you over the head with what I think everyone should do. But here's what I think is important, and here's some invitations to explore um, these themes on your own. So I I thought of every chapter. There's a chapter about the way we use language, a chapter about the way we walk and wander, about the way we die eventually and the way we create in the world. Um, And I see all of them as invitations into these questions for readers. And I um, hope that I didn't come across as too preachy, but saw as more at the same time as, yes, having a kind of manifesto platform that, you know, the time is now and we, we go forward with passion. Here's some ways that we all as individuals can think about how that would make sense for us, which is not the same for you as for me or for anyone. Yeah. All right. So here's my challenge for you. Okay. So you're a conservationist. You're an eco philosopher. Uh, We've had some kind of there's all kinds of stuff happening. We've got heat domes and wildfires and just all kinds of things. And leave me feeling better about it. Talk (laughs) to me about it. Come on, you got to do it because I I I don't believe anything (sighs) gets done from fear and despair. I don't think there's anything there. Only love and so leave me feeling right. better about it. Can you okay. do it? I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to give you what you want. <laughs> I don't know if Try. I am. I mean, yes. But one of the things about um, the invitations is to look with um, love upon the beauty and mystery of the earth on which we dwell. And we can find, even in this time of, of crisis, where we're all really anxious, right? We've got our own individual sure. anxieties and these external yep. anxieties. But we can walk in the world. We can walk out the door and take really allow those moments of seeing a bird, of seeing a flower that draws us in beauty. So we can stay grounded in just those everyday moments of connection, right? Allow those to happen. So we can keep that sense of love and passion and beauty alive that you speak of. 
The other thing is, I, you know, people ask me if I have hope. And does that mean that I act with a belief that we are going to overcome the climate crisis? For me, it doesn't mean that. For me, it means that we take in what's going on and we act from a place that we know is true and beauty and authentic and movement um, that is of service and anchored in love, and that that is what hope is. It's not attached to belief in a specific outcome. That's, yes. You know, yes. That's yes. Um, Falalaism or Pollyannaism. Yes. But mature yeah. hope is that we see everything uh, in the truth, the truth and the difficulty of what is happening and still do and still act in service and in love and in the direction of healing. Yeah, you know, you know what it is, Leanna? This is where nature what? is so great. You <laughs> have to draw your, your energy and your enthusiasm from the present moment. You can't yes. draw it from what you think is going to happen. And nature, of all the, I mean, nature, when we, as in the forest, the animals too, you know, because they're so in the present moment, that is in all the present moment. The tree doesn't care about the future in the way we worry about it. The ocean doesn't think about the future in the way we worry about it. it You've got to draw it from the present moment. You can't say, I'll feel better when. You can't. You can't. You're right. You can't. It's a beautiful call to presence. You're right. Mm-hmm. It is. All right. Hey, pretty good. Pretty good, Leanda. Ah, I thought you'd be able to do it. I thought you'd listen. Appreciation is one of the highest ways of looking at anything is appreciation. It is like, it is love and action, I think. So good, good on you. Okay. So first of all, before I ask you my last question, if people want to learn more about you, because you're so interesting, where can they do it? Uh, go to my website, LyandaLynnHaupt.com. It's L-Y-A-N-D-A-L-Y-N-N-H-A-U-P-T. And from there, you can sign up for my newsletter, Wander. I'm putting a new one out in a couple of days. And it's, it's a lovely one, if I may say so. And mostly on the inter-socials, um, I play on Instagram. And I'm li- at Lyanda Haupt there. And you can find oh. me at that name on Twitter and Lyanda Lynn Haupt on Facebook. But uh-huh. find me on Instagram. That's my favorite. Instagram. Okay. Well, I'm a newly joined Instagrammer, so I'll, I'll follow you and I will okay, uh, look at all the beautiful pictures I'm expecting to see here when <laughs> I do so. All right. Here's my last question for you. You ready? I, if writing I has taught you anything. Yeah, you're ready. Writing is, if writing, all the writing you've done, you've done a lot of it, has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Oh. Um, it has taught me to trust in process, I'm going to say. Yeah. I don't know about you, but every time I write a book, I feel like I'm lost for a long time. And I feel like it should flow in the same way that the other book did or the last book did. And that mm-hmm. never happens. You know, there's periods where everything's flowering and then there's periods where it feels like it's lying fallow. And um, again, we've been talking about nature. So we see those processes in the natural world. And, it, and I see it in my writing. And writing, learning that from writing has translated to my life because – Every time now that something happens where I'm kind of going, oh, my God, this isn't how it's supposed to go, I, I look back to writing one of my books and having that feeling like I'm in the wrong place. This is not – this chapter is never going to work and scribbling things out. And I bring that to my life and kind of remember those times in my writing, remember that it unfolded ultimately with lots of revision for the good, and that makes sense to me in my everyday living. Uh, you see? Hey – what it takes to write the book you want to write 
is what it takes to lead. That's not just language, man. That's the truth. <laughs> you see? You're doing it too. I love it. You're exactly I love right. it. You're one of you're a part of our movement. Okay. Hey, okay. congratulations on the book. It's a great book. Uh just beautiful. I really enjoyed it. And uh good luck with all that you're doing and your next book, whatever it may be. Thank you, Bill. All right, it was great having you on. Thanks a lot. Love being here. Well, yeah, people trust the process. It's all about the process. Because you know what happens? You finish this book, you finish this story, you finish this poem. Ah, it's old news, baby. You're on to the next one. It's all about the process. I want to thank my producer, R.J. Jeffries. Hey, you know who I'm interviewing next week? Lemony Snicket. Lemony Snicket. That'll be a lot of fun. I think that's who it is. I think he's the one next week. Oh, yeah. No, it is. It is. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. So until then, uh, hey, go find something you love to do and do it.